and we are back once again for the third Sky Mail, the mailbag portion of Blake Sky Private Eye. And joining me once again is the wonderful, the amazing, the illustrious Gabby, uh, voice actor of Eleanor Kostansky. Say hi, Gabby. Hi. Hello. Uh, how's it, uh, how's it hanging? Oh, it's, you know, uh, we are recording this on the final hour of my birthday, so, uh, you know, there's no, there's no better, no better birthday treat than having to record, but, uh, no, uh, it's, it's a blast, uh, and I just want to say, like, all the people that, you know, uh, said happy birthday and all the the well wishes and all the retweets and everything, I really appreciate it. You guys are the best. Yeah, you are. Yeah, and and you know uh, we're also coming back from the holidays. How how was your uh, your holiday time frame? It was wild. It was good. A lot of uh, a lot of personal growth. A year's off to a weirdly productive start, which I'm happy for. Awesome. Good. Awesome. Yeah, That's great. I spent most of it being sick. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I've had uh, some sort of plague for the past three weeks, and I'm slowly clawing my way out of that pit. Toward. It was the final test. You just had to survive the plague of 2019. And you did it. Congratulations and welcome to 2020. Awesome. And here we are on the brink of world war. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 All right. You know what? Let, let, let's go back toward the time frame of like earlier world wars and talk about Blake Sky, shall we? <laughs> yes. Great transition. Here we go. Yeah. What can I say? I'm a natural. Uh, so, going to the mailbag, our first fan mail comes from Justice in a Steel Machine of Death Jr. I can only assume that this is the offspring of the previous question that we had in the last mailbag. And the question is, can we hear Blake cover Late Goodbye? For, for the uninitiated, Late Goodbye is a song that showed up in one of my favorite games, uh, Max Payne 2, The Fall of Max Payne, which I have ranted about ad nauseum at length a lot <laughs> it's not a great song I'm, I'm i'm gonna be honest with you it, it, it's it's kind of very cliche like early 2000s rock but it it fits the mood of max Payne. uh i have the lyrics up here uh i just need to get blake sky in here so uh let me let me go get him uh yeah uh mr sky we've uh we've it's 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 time all right well uh I'm not really much of a singer, but I guess I can give this a shot. <clears throat> In our headlights, staring bleak, beer cans, deer's eyes. On the asphalt, underneath our crushed plans. And my lies Lonely street signs Power lines They keep on flashing Flashing by Alright, well, uh That's as much as you're gonna get out of me Without, uh, me seeing a little bit more Green out of this If you wanna, if you wanna book me For the future, you can contact my agent all right, well, um, thanks for the unrehearsed and incredibly brief performance there, Blake. 
I'm sure this has nothing to do with your voice actor feeling incredibly uncomfortable doing a song and character voice. <laughs> oh no, absolutely not. I had a lighter going the whole time. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so uh, that was uh, the question from Justice in a Steel Machine of Death Jr. The mystery for Blake Sky and company to solve is... And, and just for context, the previous question was... Uh, the mystery was, I think, one of the neighbors ate the other neighbor's dog from a very pet violence-centric mailbag. Yeah, Ex- extremely. And now, now we have... Yeah, we could use a bigger posse. Any advice on how to proceed next? So I guess the question is, uh, how does one go about rounding up a posse? You know, rounding up a posse for general justice distribution. And, you know, back in the olden days, it was a little... In some ways, it was easier. In some ways, it was more difficult. You know, you 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 knew the posse around you. Like, it... Your posse was your neighbors, your friends, the people you went to church with, the people that uh, you uh, waved to in the grocery store. But now in the modern day and age, you know, it's so impersonal. We're all so detached. If you want a posse, you really just kind of have to like put that out on like maybe like a LinkedIn seeking, you know, posse members for retributive justice. Uh, Yeah, meetup. Oh yeah, meetup would work. I can highly recommend the platonic friendship app Patook. Oh yeah, so I mean, I've actually made a lot of friends through it. It's legit and it has a bot so it won't let you do anything that's even remotely considered flirting. So if your posse needs to be like, you know, focused. And you know, uh, I mean like, I'm sure that along the lines of platonic friendship that, you know, the really the, the step that comes after platonic friendship is I think in the truest model of friendship is getting together with that person and beating a criminal oh yeah so you know uh these are just some options that you have for your posse assemblage but really just do what feels natural to you or pay them I, that works too yeah i so, feel like money is a always a strong binding element between people yeah so so really the two options are just let it happen naturally or force it with money <laughs> <laughs> or blackmail. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, all right. Next question. <laughs> all right. So this one comes from Shay. Uh, Shay's question is, I am a total noir noob. What are some great works to start with? So that's a oh, good question. It is. Because, I mean, there are noir elements in a lot of pop culture and in a lot of cinema and video games and novels. I mean, you get like the Dresden Files that are the classic film noir detective, but he's a he's a goddamn wizard, Harry. You've got Blade Runner, which is, you know, film noir detective, but in the dystopian cyberpunk future of 2019. Uh, yeah, it can be noir is as much as like there are iconic settings. So the oppressive world, uh, like um, the horror movie Seven is a, absolutely a noir film. It has a noir setting, uh, even though it is in the horror genre. But um, the I would say even on a deeper level, the themes of noir are really what make a noir film what it is or a noir setting what it is. Um, you need that element of uh, the oppressive nature of society and the grittiness 
regardless of location. You know, the, there's all those like kind of tangential ways that you can you can get the feel and like the 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 tenets of noir. But if you want to just go straight to the source, for lack of a better term, and try some classic film noir, there are a couple suggestions that I have. I really enjoyed The Third Man. I thought that that was a really good movie with, I don't know, really good acting. I mean, to, to, to me, like that and The Maltese Falcon are like what I think of when I think of film noir. Yeah, I I know on the last mailbag I was on, I mentioned Laura, and I will mention that again, um, always for young Vincent Price, but also because it is beautifully shot. It's got such a compelling story. Um, I love it. It's to this day one of my favorites. Um, I also highly recommend uh, Orson Welles' Touch of Evil. It is one of his great movies. Um, he, even if you just watch, uh, I'm positive there's a billion videos of the uh, beginning of the film on YouTube. Uh, the intro sequence alone is worth it. Uh, he has such a modern eye. Uh, he always seeing, um, uh, you know, beyond his time. And another older one I'd recommend is Ride the Pink Horse, which doesn't get talked about a lot. But Ride the Pink Horse is really interesting in that it's it's you're dealing with your classic more setup of like a former military vet who's going on an investigation and life sucks. But uh, as things unravel, but uh, Ride the Pink Horse has some interesting things in that it deals with a border town and the Mexican characters actually have substantial parts in it, which is in some of the older older film like in general you're not gonna get a lot of um representation and diversity and if you do uh, you're it's kind of and if yeah, you do it's really horrible it's awful yeah whereas like in ride the pink horse like the characters are actually important i mean it still has like it still was made in the era was made in and it shows but um they are integral to the plot and they actively are catalysts in the plot and helping the the main character um, it also kind of demonstrates what I was mentioning earlier about like it not having to be just surface level setting. Uh, there's actually a good chunk of it that takes place in like rural New Mexico, but it's still very much a noir. And my only other one for myself that I'd like to bring forward is Blood Simple. Uh, that's a more modern one. That's one like the Coen Brothers like first film. But it is incredible. It has some of their their incredible dialogue shots, etc. But that is phenomenal noir, and they were definitely playing uh, paying homage to the genre. Yeah, and there's one more that I would like to say with a huge giant asterisk on it, uh, and that is Chinatown. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Chinatown is an amazing movie made by a trash fire person. Yep, it is. By Roman Polanski, and if you don't know who Roman Polanski is, you're probably better off for it. But it is, in my opinion, one of the most captivating noir films ever. The acting in it is superb. The The dialogue is just really well written. There's, there's lines that are powerful, but they never feel staged like a lot of the times... Some of the older film noir, you definitely get sort of a theatricality to it. And I feel like in Chinatown, it has this weight to it, but it never goes into a, oh, I'm 
watching someone try and act like a badass or someone try and sell this scene to me. And the, I yeah, mean, it's, and the plot is classic. just, yeah. But, you know, again, it was made by a horrible person. Uh, and if I'm not, I'm not condoning torrenting this movie, but if it should so happen to, you know, find its way onto your hard drive uh, and no money were to ever go to, you know, some complete jerk, yeah. the world would be better for it. Yeah, watch it, watch it without spending money on it, for sure, because it is 100% worth watching. Uh, it is a film classic, it's a noir classic, um, but yeah, Roman Polanski, horrible. All right. And then the mystery for Blake Sky to solve, I'll trade you a secret for a secret. Oh, no, that's a good one. So are we doing this like secrets in character or are we doing this like secrets like us? Because I'm good. I feel like in character. Yeah. All right. All right. So yeah. I'll have to I'll have to get Blake again. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, hey, Blake. Listen, I know, I know that you don't want to sing. You don't have to sing anymore. But we do have another question for you. Uh, so, you need to, you need to tell the folks a secret. Well, uh, you know, that's not really a question. That's that's more of a command. But I guess I can work on that. All right, a secret about me. Um, well, not many people know it, but. I used to do theater in high school. I wasn't really good at it, but uh, I was in a production of Hamlet. My favorite part, I think, was probably the, the soliloquy. Something about talking at length to yourself really just kind of resonated with me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, used to be a bit of a, used to be a bit of a drama kid. All right. Well, thanks, Blake. Thanks for that. Uh, what about uh, what about Eleanor? What's what secrets does Eleanor have? I'm curious. I want to know. I think the people want to know. Ah. Uh, um. Well, I. Well, I don't see how this is anyone's business. Um. I may have a sizable collection of uh, adult fiction. And perhaps of the the bodice ripping variety um, stashed somewhere in a highly secure location that no one will ever find, even after my death. Uh, all right. Well, thank you for that. I'm sure that the secret will be, you know, just just between friends. Uh, Can we edit this out? Can this be edited? Uh, no. <laughs> no. This is. Uh, this this is live actually. Oh. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, on to the next question. We have a question from uh, Achilia, and it is, "What was your favorite part of the most recent episode?" So the most recent episode we had was. Uh... Okay, so for anybody that hasn't hasn't uh, listened to it yet, there will be spoilers right now. So you should probably stop right now and go listen to Intrigue at the Elephant's Heart, the most recent episode at the time of this recording. Ready? And go. Go listen to episode four now. Okay, I can only assume that you paused it at that moment and are now back, ready to talk about spoilers. 
So, um, for me, I think my favorite part of the most recent episode, I really just enjoyed writing it. I, I enjoyed writing the, the snarky banter between Eleanor and Blake. I, I don't know. I, I am really enjoying their chemistry develop and stuff yes. like that. I think that it's just kind of, I, I love the cliche of the characters that like get on each other's nerves, but also like would, you know, basically take 15 bullets for each other. At least 15, yeah. I love that Eleanor is going to continue to treat Blake like he's a, you know, bumbling man-child for a large period of time. And then at the same time, he's going to continue to act like she's a kid. Much to her chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about what about you? What was your favorite part of the last episode? I mean, I was on it like it's it's the banter. But for me, I really had fun recording the banter. And um, I don't I, I found being able, like there was a uh, fluidity when we were recording um, because of the nature of the conversation and everything that I, I felt I was really able to tap into Eleanor and be in the room with them. Like it was such a, a fun experience in that regard. Uh, even like, <laughs> I will never forget, like for whatever reason it sticks out to me so much when we were trying to do the, uh, kind of like the background noise, like them, like us coming into the conversation and us being like, ha ha ha, like we have laughter. Uh, <laughs> And that sort of thing. I don't know. Like, I found that to be so delightful to try and do. It was this hilarious, odd thing. I don't know. Like, recording is great. I'm enjoying it. It was so awkward. <laughs> I love yes. it. Yes. Um, it was great. I, I will also say, probably like a second, second part to that. I really enjoyed, again, this is spoilers, but I've already declared my spoilers. I've been waiting for August Howard to show back up. Just so I could, like, reveal this to everybody. And the fact that I got one of my... For, for people that don't know, uh, the, the voice actor for August Howard is uh, my friend Steven. We've actually known each other since ye olden days. And he he's just the best. We actually used to do duo improv together. We've acted opposite each other. And I have just been looking forward to chewing a scene with him for so long that this is kind of like just a huge treat to me and what's coming up in the next episode is gonna be i feel like a real change of pace for episodes but at the same time i think it's gonna distill a lot of what really kind of works about this Heck yes tune in yeah yeah stay tuned um the mystery for blake sky to solve how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood all right, well, I mean, the mystery in this is, I mean, every, the, the, the cliche is people are like, oh, well, woodchucks don't chuck, you know, woodchucks don't, you know, eat wood, they don't chuck wood, whatever. Well, yeah, but that's like how much wood could if a woodchuck could chuck wood. So, I mean, that's a conditional right there. This is assuming like an optimal scenario. So, I feel like in this case, probably like 69 it's a safe number it's a strong number to go with you know in my head whenever i hear woodchuck and chucking i think of like throwing like throwing comes to mind 
instead of eating it. And it's a hilarious mental image. And I highly recommend everyone to just think about it for a little bit. Because it's pretty great. We should probably, we should probably call it here just to be safe. Sure. Uh, you got any, you got any parting words, parting thoughts for the fine people at home? No, just do your thing. I have to say like being that 2020 has started off and I've been, you know, recording for the podcast and like I've been drawing and writing and singing like all this, all this stuff. Like if there's anything that you, you are interested in doing, jump in there and do it. I, ha I do that like a lot of things I get involved in like I'm not particularly amazing at like I've never voice acted before uh, I'm, I'm an aspiring amateur in everything pretty much uh, but uh, confronting that and being able to make something and knowing that it's, it's by your hand that you've created a thing is fantastic and I highly recommend it well, first of all, just because you're an amateur doesn't mean you're not good at it. And I will fight you if you say otherwise with regard to your voice acting. I will cross the border. Let's do this. I will. I will. Dis I will defeat Canada single handedly. <laughs> I can't represent all of Canada. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's a good point. Like this is actually coming up on. Uh, I actually just got my year anniversary reminder for my Blake Sky Twitter handle because I knew that I wanted to start making this show, but I didn't for a while. Um, like I, I, I wanted to, but it just it just never seemed to pan out. But I think the, the thing that seeing that just reminded me is just don't give up. Like, I thought that I could never do this. I thought that, you know, this was just going to be something that I would do maybe like two episodes of and then nobody would nobody would give a damn and it would basically go the way that all of my writing projects all my other stuff kind of does just fall by the wayside but i don't know something about this just kind of resonated with me just kind of stuck with me and i kept going with it and i don't mean to say that within any tone of arrogance that makes it sound like i actually am doing anything super important but i do enjoy this a lot and it gives me a sense of happiness to to you know perform with people that I care about to put in the effort to make something and to be proud of it the that means a lot to me and I am very glad that I was stubborn enough not to give give up on it so I guess yeah me too yeah I guess yeah. 2020 the, the the year that you just are too stubborn to give up on your damn dreams there like that's that's a maxim to live by. Yeah, dive head first. It is worth it. All right. Well, with that, I think we're going to wrap up. For everybody here, uh thanks so much. I hope you had a wonderful holiday time frame and I hope that 2020 is the year that you proceed to just kick life in the ass and get everything that you ever wanted and or deserved. And if if it doesn't end up that way, I suggest shooting Blake Sky a uh, a message so that he can go reconcile your life with a lead pipe or something. I don't know. <laughs> Basically, my fictional character is just going to beat up the avatar of the shitty things in your life with a lead pipe, is what I'm saying. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I think that's good. We'll, we'll, we'll end it on this incredibly well-rehearsed note right now. Thanks for listening. <laughs>